جزء نمبر 14 لسن نمبر 132 سورة الحجر آية نمبر 150 سورة الحجر is a مكي سورة and a مكي سورة means especially now that we have covered the seven طوال the seven long surahs of the Quran after that a مكي سورة means that the verses are very very short so 50 ayat okay But the verses are short. And also remember that Makki surahs are such that the message is very clear. It's direct. It's to the point. And Makki surahs, they cover the basics of our religion. Tawheed, coming of the hereafter, proof of prophethood. So really there isn't much tafsir. It's about listening to the ayat, taking in their meaning, And really feeling the message that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving to us through these beautiful verses. So as we go over these verses, don't think about how many are left and how many are covered. Rather think about the meaning and take it to your heart. Feel it. Because the reason why the verses are short is so that they really touch us. They really have an impact on us because they're very direct, they're rhythmic. So let's look at this beautiful surah. Surah Al-Hijr, as I mentioned to you, is a Makki surah. And the surah was revealed after Surah Yusuf, when the situation in Mecca was very, very difficult for the Prophet ﷺ. The opposition had intensified. And this surah contains 99 verses. It has 99 ayat. And Al-Hijr is the name of the area where the people of Thamud used to live. And as clear from the name of the surah, they will be mentioned in the surah. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ألف لام را ألف لام را تلك آيات الكتاب These are the verses of the book Meaning the verses in this surah That a person is about to listen to What are they? They are the verses of the book Which book? The book that Allah has revealed And which book is that? وقرآن مبين And the Quran that is clear Notice the word wa over here, which means and. It seems as though the same thing is being repeated. The verses are part of the book and a Qur'an that is clear. So isn't the book Qur'an same thing? Yes, it is. Remember that in the Arabic language, wa, and, it's not always used to separate between two different things. Okay, It's not always used to separate between two different things. So for example, in the English language when we say apples and oranges, what does it mean? Apples are one thing, oranges are something else. Okay, But in the Arabic language sometimes, wa, it is used for explanation also. So these are the verses of the book, which is what book? Quran. A Qur'an that is mubeen. The book, meaning the book which is Qur'an. And Qur'an, what is the quality of it? It is mubeen. It is one that is clear. It is one that clarifies the truth. It clarifies the falsehood. It clarifies the permissible. And it also makes clear what is impermissible. It makes clear the commands that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given. And it makes clear the realities of life which are hidden from people or from which people are oblivious. So when a person reads the Qur'an, when a person learns the Qur'an, he comes across many things that were unknown to him before. 
or he comes across many realizations that he never felt before, that he never understood before. So this Qur'an is a source of knowledge, it's a source of understanding, it's a source of guidance, that it helps put things in perspective. It gives a person the correct way of thinking, the correct way of understanding things. Because this Qur'an is mubeen. You know, it's like when you see something, when you hear something, you know, a light bulb literally goes on in your head, like you can see everything, it, everything makes sense. This is what Qur'an does. That there's so many things that don't make sense to a person, so many questions that are unanswered, so many matters about which a person is confused. But when a person learns the Qur'an, then this Qur'an makes clear so many things, one after the other, because this Qur'an is mubeen. Rubama, perhaps, maybe, possibly, many times, at some point. The word rubama, it is only used once in the Qur'an. And it gives a meaning of possibly. And when there is a possibility of something happening in the future, then obviously it means that it may happen once, it may happen twice, it may happen three times, it may happen many, many times. So, rubama, perhaps, possibly, meaning many times. It's possible that it may happen many times. What may happen? That yawaddu, he will wish. He will want so bad. Who will want so bad? Alladina kafaru, those who disbelieve. What is it that they will wish for? Lo, if only, kanu there were Muslimin Muslims. A point in time will come when the disbelievers will wish that they had been Muslim. They will regret their disbelief. They will regret their denial. They will wish that they had accepted Islam. They will wish that they had worshipped Allah alone. They will wish that they had submitted and surrendered to Allah alone. Now what does this ayah mean? Is this ayah telling us about what the disbelievers will wish in this life or in the next? It can be understood in both ways. That, ya what do they will wish when at present, meaning in this life. But we see quite the opposite, that there are Muslims who wish they were disbelievers. There are Muslims who wish they were not born in a Muslim household. There are people of Islam who wish they never knew Islam. This is how much they detest their faith, unfortunately. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us the opposite, that disbelievers will wish they were Muslim. When? That in this life, when they see this eventual success, the eventual victory of Islam, right now, things are difficult. But eventually, when Allah will grant victory to His Prophet, when Allah will grant victory to His believers, then what will happen? At that time, the disbelievers will wish they had not wasted their lives opposing Islam. They will wish they had not wasted their money opposing the religion of Allah. Because no matter how much they tried, no matter how much they spent, no matter how much they planned, all of their plans came to nothing. At the end, the religion of Allah prevailed. So they will wish at that time that they had simply accepted Islam. And also they will wish in this life that they had been Muslim when they see the peace and contentment that a believer lives with in his life, that a believer has in his heart. That they wish they had also experienced the joy of faith. 
But there are many people who live this life and not even once do they wish they had been Muslim. In fact, they're very happy with their disbelief. However, as soon as the angel of death appears before them, they will wish that they had been Muslim. So if in this life, they never have this wish, definitely in the akhirah, definitely in the hereafter, they will wish, not once, not twice, but many, many times, that they were Muslim. At the time of death, in the grave, when they're questioned, when they're questioned by the angels, and they will not be able to pass that test, then what will happen? Every person will be shown their home in Jannah, their destination in Jannah, and their destination in hellfire. A believer will be shown his abode in Jannah, and his abode in hellfire, if he had disbelieved. He will be told, if you hadn't believed, then this is where you would have gone. And a disbeliever on the other hand will be shown his home in hellfire, but he will also be shown Jannah. And he will be told, if only you had believed, then this is where you would have ended up. So at that time, a disbeliever imagined the regret that his heart will be filled with. He will wish that he had been Muslim, that he wouldn't have to face hellfire. In Surah Al-An'am, Ayah 31, Allah says, قَدْ خَسِرَ الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا بِلِقَاءِ اللَّهِ حَتَّى إِذَا جَاءَتْهُمُ السَّاعَةُ بَغْتَةً قَالُوا يَا حَسْرَتَنَا عَلَى مَا فَرَّطْنَا فِيهَا That until when the hour will come upon them, unexpectedly they will say, oh how great is our regret over what we neglected concerning it. Meaning they will wish that they had believed. Likewise we learn that when eventually on the day of judgment, when people will be sent to paradise, when people will be sent to hellfire, then what will happen? After some time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring out from hellfire every person who had even an atom's weight of faith in his heart. Meaning if there is a person who had committed many crimes, many sins, but he still had some faith, some belief in Allah, meaning that there is only one God. So eventually what will happen? He will be taken out of hellfire. So at that time, imagine the state of those who rejected God. Those who refused to believe in Allah alone. How much regret they will have. They will wish they had been Muslim so that they would have also been taken out of hellfire. And then when finally everyone will be sent to their final destination to live in there forever and death will be brought in the form of an animal, of a creature and it will be slaughtered and the people of Jannah will be told you will live here forever and the people of hellfire will be told you will live here forever. Imagine the regret of those who disbelieved that they will remain in hell forever, never to come out, يَوَدُّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَوْ كَانُوا مُسْلِمِينَ They will have so much regret, they will wish that they had accepted Islam. In Surah Al-Furqan, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ayah 27, وَيَوْمَ يَعَضُّ الظَّالِمُ عَلَى يَدَيْهِ The day when the wrongdoer will bite on his own hands. Bite on his own hands. Why? out of regret and out of rage over himself. What was I thinking? What was I doing? What a poor choice I made. What a bad decision I made. And he will say, يَا لَيْتَنِي 
Oh, war to me. Oh, I wish. اتخذتم الرسول سبيلا. Oh, I wish I had taken with the messenger away. Meaning, I wish I had followed the messenger. I had listened to the messenger. I had responded to the call of the messenger. يَوَدُّ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَوْ كَانُوا مُسْلِمِينَ So from the moment of death onwards, at the time of death, in the grave, on the day of judgment, when people are being sent to paradise, and such a person is destined to hellfire, then in hellfire, when some are taken out of hellfire, sent to paradise, when death is slaughtered, at every step, every stage of akhirah, the disbeliever will wish he had been a Muslim. He had surrendered to Allah. The fact is that we as human beings have been granted just a few years. Just a few years in this life. On this earth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is testing us. That who is grateful, who believes, and who is otherwise. إِمَّا شَاكِرًا imma kafura. The choice is ours. Time is limited. Time is limited. We're not living here forever. But the choice is ours. What do we do? How do we respond to Allah and His Messenger? How is it that we deal with the people who are around us? But whatever we do, the consequences of it are eternal. And whatever we do in this life, once we move on to the next life, what we've done here can never be changed. Our record can never be altered. So this really is the only chance we have. And if we waste this life of ours, pursuing the desires of this world, pursuing the glitters of this world and neglect the akhirah, then the hereafter will be filled with regrets. But the sad part is that a person cannot do anything about it when he's moved on to the akhirah. Allah says, ذَرْهُمْ Leave them. Soon they will regret. Soon they will wish. But right now, leave them. Let them be. Leave them. يَأْكُلُوا They eat. وَيَتَمَتَّعُوا And they enjoy themselves. وَيُلْهِهِمُ الْأَمَلِ And let them be diverted by false hope. فَسَوْفَ يَعْلَمُونَ Soon they will know. When is it that you say about a person, just leave her, just leave him, don't bother. When is it that you say this about them? When? Basically when you know that they're not going to listen. They're not going to listen. It's like if a child is sleepy and hungry and exhausted and high on sugar, okay, and is misbehaving, then what do people say? Just leave them. There's no point disciplining your child at this time because whatever you say is just going to bounce back. Why? Because they're not listening, they're tired, they're hungry, high on sugar. So there's no point. No point disciplining them, no point advising them, no point. Just let them be. So likewise, there are many people right now who will regret later, but in this life they're busy enjoying themselves as if they're intoxicated. They're intoxicated, they're enjoying themselves. They're busy in this rat race, literally. Running, running, racing forward, enjoying more dunya, greedy for this world. One desire they fulfill and they move on to the next. When do they have time to think about death? When do they have time to think about others? When do they have time to think about God? They don't. So, ذَرْهُمْ Leave them, O Messenger. يَأْكُلُوا They eat. Meaning this is all that they want to do. They just want to eat different foods. They spend hours and days in just preparing food, 
eating food, making money to buy food, making money so that they can try one restaurant after the other, as if their purpose of existence is to eat, yakulu. This is all that they're concerned about when they wake up in the morning. What's their concern? Breakfast. Soon after that, what's their concern? Their tea. Soon after that, what's their concern? Lunch. Soon after that again, snack. And then dinner. And then snack. This is what their entire life revolves around. Yakulu, as if they're living for the purpose of eating. Any moment they have, you know, they have spare time. What is it that they want to do? Go out to eat. They're making money. And where's a major portion of that money going? In food. Whether it is the kitchen, or it is the stuff in the kitchen, or the food that is purchased. Yakulu. Yakulu. And it's embarrassing to really read this and hear this. Because if you think about it, many of us, many women, majority of their time goes in what? In what? Food. food either preparing or feeding or eating or wrapping up the morning begins with the worship of the kitchen and the day ends with the worship of the kitchen service to the kitchen the weekend is spent in what eating different things going out to eat hours are spent just eating i don't mean that eating good food is haram no allah is the one who has given us these good things to eat he himself tells us kulu وَشْرَبُوا Eat and drink. كُلُوا مِمَّا وَزَقْنَاكُمْ حَلَالًا طَيِّبًا He himself tells us to eat of the good things that he has produced. But a believer eats. Why? Because it's a need. He eats. Why? Because it's a physical need. Or because it's a social need. Like for example, having people over, going out with others. Why? Because it's a social need. You have to socialize with people. You have friends. You have relatives. But... The goal of life, the purpose of life is not food. Meaning, it's not a major priority. Priority is not to eat. Priority is to spend time with family, for example. When a person eats good food, halal food, and he thanks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for it, this is an act of worship. But when this becomes a major part of life, that he's obsessed with just food, She's obsessed with just different recipes. They're just obsessed with different cuisines. Obsessed, meaning on the television is food. On the computer is food. In the notebook is food. Then there is a problem. And we need to stop deceiving ourselves. We need to stop lying to ourselves. Really, if we think about it, calculate every day how much time is spent on food. How much time? You know there were ulama who would just eat stale bread because they didn't want to bother spending their time going and finding fresh bread and then eating that. No, whatever they would find, they would eat. There were scholars who would request their sisters to feed them. That I'm writing, I'm reading, so you feed me. I don't want to dirty my hands because then I won't be able to flip the pages. I won't be able to hold the pen. I don't have even 15-20 minutes to spare for eating. I'm going to keep reading and writing, you feed me. Because their goal in life was not to eat. They ate to fulfill their need. Good food, you can get from anywhere. Perhaps better than what you can make yourself. Right? Anybody can do it. 
But when it comes to learning, nobody can learn for you. When it comes to ibadah, no one can do ibadah for you. You can hire someone, for example, to cook food for you. Hmm? You can go to a restaurant and purchase some food from there, even for five bucks. But you cannot go to a masjid and purchase five salawat from there. You cannot go to any person and say, I'll give you ten dollars, read you know, this much Qur'an for me. No. You can't do that. You have to do it yourself. Eat to live, not live to eat. But if our main concern is just satisfying our taste buds, really, because of which, you know, we try one thing after the other, one restaurant after the other. I mean, there's more to life than just food. We eat and we get worried about our health, about our weight. And then we spend more time burning off, you know, excess fat. What's the point over here? Wasting life. ذَرْهُمْ يَأْكُلُوا Allah says, leave them. Let them eat one thing after the other. The Prophet ﷺ said, the believer drinks in one intestine and the disbeliever drinks in seven intestines. What does it mean? That a believer, his goal is not to eat, eat, eat. Which is why he will be satisfied with even little food. He doesn't overeat. He doesn't eat too much because he knows what's going to happen after he will eat too much. But think about it. How much time do we spend in eating? And secondly, how much food do we consume? How much food do we consume? And how much concern we have overall about our weight, about our you know body image? There's extremes. Either people overeat or they undereat. And both of these, a big imbalance. A believer eats in moderation. ذَرْهُمْ يَأْكُلُوا Let them eat. وَيَتَمَتَّعُوا And they enjoy themselves. Meaning in this dunya, in this life, they use and enjoy the things of this world, one thing after the other, just like the people before them did. Whether it is that they're enjoying their means of transportation, or they're enjoying their homes, or they're enjoying their furnishings, or their clothes, whatever it may be. يَتَمَتَّعُوا For them, dunya is everything. For them, this world is everything. So they want to have as much fun as possible. When it comes to desire, no compromise. Why? Because dunya is everything. You live only once. وَيُلْهِهِمُ الْأَمَلْ يُلْهِهِمْ From لَامْ هَا وَاو لَهُ لَهُ is distraction. Anything that distracts you from your real purpose. So what is distracting them? الْأَمَلْ Amal from Hamza Mim Lam is a wish or a hope that a person has and he thinks that it will come true. Meaning it is possible that it will happen. It seems realistic. Like for example, a person at the age of 30 years old, they go to a bank and get a mortgage and buy a house. Okay, And they think that hopefully within 20 years they will pay it off. If not 20 years, maybe 30 years. This is what? Amal. Okay, but if you think about it, if the income is two thousand dollars, is only three thousand, four thousand, five thousand, and fifty percent of it is going in the mortgage, how is it possible that a person will be able to pay it off? How realistic is it? He thinks that yeah, 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 it'll happen, it'll happen, but will it actually happen? Is it really realistic? If he thought about it, really, is it? And it is distracting him from what is more important. Because if every month a person is just concerned about 
paying off that house that he cannot afford, paying off the kind of lifestyle that he cannot afford, but just because he wants to fulfill his desires, then will he have the money to spend on good things, on good causes? Will he have the money to spend for his akhirah? No. يُلْهِهِمُ amal. But what does a person say? You know what? In 15 years, in 20 years, in 30 years, when I've paid this off, then I will go for hajj. But what happens by the time that a person is of that age? There are so many other problems. يُلْهِهِمُ amal. Likewise, so many times in life, many people are deceived by this, that they have one goal set for themselves, and they defer you know, good until that goal is achieved. So for example, a woman says, you know what, when I am 20 years old, then I will start hijab. At 20 she says, you know what, when I get married, then I will. And then she says, you know what, I have little children, I have this to do, I have that to do. Delayed, delayed, delayed. Yulhihimul amal. It's distracted them. Yulhihim. It has distracted them. فَسَوْفَ يَعْلَمُونَ Soon they are going to come to know. Very soon they will find out. This is a threat. You see, if there is some reality, and you close your eyes to it, it's not that the reality is going to change. Sooner or later, you will have to face it. The Prophet ﷺ said, Allah hates every harsh person who eats excessively and goes about in the market making noise, who sleeps in the way just like a dead corpse, meaning wherever he wants, on the couch, you know, anywhere. He passes the day like a donkey bent on its work. Have you ever seen an animal working, working all day? Working all day. And likewise, there are many people who live, why? What's their purpose? Just work, 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 make money. They're spending so much of their time just making money. They're spending time away from their children, away from their spouse. They don't have time for themselves even. They're just chasing this dunya. Well informed of the affairs of this world. Meaning he knows everything about what's going on in the world. Who is playing in what team, and who is acting in what movie, and who is getting married to who, and who is running for president in what country. He knows about the affairs of this world, but completely unaware of the matters of the hereafter. Completely unaware of the realities of the akhirah. And at this we need to think about ourselves. What do we like to do? Where does our time go? Just eating and sleeping and entertaining ourselves, dressing up, making our hair, shopping, listening, watching. Is this all that our 24 hours goes in? Or is there something more meaningful that we take time out for? Even if it's a few minutes, even if it's a couple of hours. This life is short, it is precious. وَمَا أَهْلَكْنَا مِنْ قَرْيَةٍ And we have not destroyed any city, meaning any community, إِلَّا except وَلَهَا And for it was kitabun, a decree that was ma'loom, that was known. Kitab gives the meaning of maktub, that which is written, meaning that which is decreed. Any community that was destroyed, that was punished, it was destroyed at what time? At the time that was fixed for it. And this is true for individuals and for communities, for nations. For each individual, for each group of people, a time of expiry is fixed. 
it is fixed just because a person is breathing today doesn't mean he will be breathing tomorrow just because a person is having fun today it doesn't mean that he will be having fun 5 years from now no we are not here forever and unfortunately we get deceived by this just because we're okay now tomorrow everything should be okay as well and the day after everything should be okay as well and 10 years down the road everything should be perfect also the people of makkah are primarily being threatened over here that allah the one who destroyed ad and samud before you will also bring your time to end you're not going to remain here forever every individual eventually dies every community eventually perishes every civilization every nation eventually declines no one is here to stay forever ma not tasbiqu it goes ahead from sabaqa to go forward to go ahead ma tasbiqu min ummatin any umma no nation no community can advance meaning can go ahead of what ajalaha its term wama yastakhirun nor will they remain thereafter yastakhirun from hamza khara to defer meaning they cannot remain after that term expires for every nation for every individual is a time of expiry they're not going before that and they're not remaining after that they're not remaining after that when the time to go comes then a person does not have a choice he does not have a choice so living in this life when a person is busy with his worldly success alone that does not make the akhirah go away this reality will definitely come to pass but right now they're enjoying themselves and when anyone advises them they say you're crazy waqalu and they say ya ayyuha oh alladhi the one who nuzzila alayhi dhikr on whom the dhikr was sent down dhikr meaning the quran because the quran is a reminder so oh you on whom the reminder has been revealed innaka lamajnoon indeed you are surely mad you're crazy what are you talking about you claim to be a prophet of god you claim that after we die we will be resurrected you say that we should defer our enjoyment till the hereafter you're crazy you got to be kidding innaka lamajnoon the people of makkah called the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mad firaun called musa alaihi salam mad in surah al-shu'ara ayah 27 we learn inna rasulakum alladhi ursila ilaykum lamajnoon the messenger that has been sent to you oh people he's crazy he's saying that there's one god he's saying that we will be resurrected he's saying that this life is not everything so this life should not be our priority the fact is that anyone who talks about the akhirah any person who makes the hereafter his priority any person who makes the dunya his means and not his goal then what happens he's called crazy he is called crazy by who by the people who love this dunya because they cannot understand how you cannot eat from sunrise to sunset they cannot understand they think you have to be crazy to stay away from food and your desires for so long They cannot understand why you cover yourself 
When nobody is going to say anything to you if you take that covering off. When you look so strange, when you look so different, when times have changed, when fashion is different. Back, you know, in the day, a long time ago, women wore long robes. And why are you still living in medieval times? They cannot understand. So they say, you're crazy. They cannot understand how a person can sacrifice now for the akhirah. How a person can keep away from alcohol and from illegitimate sex and how a person can keep away from money when it's coming so freely from banks. They cannot understand. So they say, you're crazy. What's wrong with you? Why don't you have fun? Why don't you take life easy? I remember reading somewhere that a successful person is one who is ambitious and is able to sacrifice their current times to be able to attain success in the future. And it's the same for a person who believes they're willing to sacrifice this current world so that they're able to achieve success in the hereafter. Exactly. But people say you're crazy. There's something wrong with you. How could you believe in this? How could you still believe in God when evolution is a fact? You still believe that there is some afterlife? What physical proof do you have, they say? They cannot understand how a person can believe. But you know what? Just because someone calls you crazy, that doesn't mean you're actually crazy. That doesn't mean you're actually crazy. It's like the people called Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mudhammam. And he said, I'm not mudhammam, I'm Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So people can call you what they want. They can call Islam what they want. They can describe the Qur'an however they want. But that doesn't mean that that description is true. That the label they give you is true. I can totally relate to that because um, I had this bed and it wasn't very comfortable. So it was easy for me to wake up in Fajr when I slept on it. And I have another bed but it's really, really comfortable. And like it's impossible to wake up if I sleep on it. So what I do is like I sleep in a sleeping bag on the floor in my room. And my relatives, they heard about this and they're like, Arid, you're crazy. Why do you do that? They like accused me and of being crazy. And I told them the story of Prophet Sallallahu like um, sleeping on that mat, uh, a comfortable mat and like almost missing Fajr or something like that. So, and he like sacrificed his comfort for um, his prayer. And they still, they're like... That was the olden times that you're living like now. Why would you do that? So anyone who makes a deen his priority, akhirah's priority, you know, whether in a small way or a big way, whether it's a small decision or a big decision, when people find out, they're shocked. Assalamu alaikum. A year ago I went to Pakistan for my aunt's wedding and I wear a scarf no matter where I am. And even though they were telling me that it was going to be girl boy separate, I knew that when the groom was going to come sit by the bride, every guy would come to the girl's section. So I kept my scarf on, and I have over 50 cousins that were there, and I have 12 aunts and 3 uncles, and they were all against me wearing scarf. And they were like, no, you shouldn't do there and do that. And the thing was that my mom and my sister, they couldn't come. So my dad was there. My dad, he doesn't really care about scarf and everything. So he didn't support me. And my mom and my sister weren't there to back me up. So I was all alone there. And I had one cousin who was with me. And he said that, you know what? If she wants to wear a scarf, she can. And that what she's doing is right. So just by him doing that, because I was actually considering 
considering like, what if I just take it off for the mendi, just take it off, right? But when I told my cousin that, he was like, no, you shouldn't because you know that the guys will be there. And he, just by that support, I was able to wear the scarf. Alhamdulillah. I was just thinking, even yesterday in Surah Ibrahim Islam's story, he looked at the bigger picture, right? He backed up a little bit and he's like, okay, my focus is the akhirah and meeting Allah. So I think that's what we need to focus on as well. Yes. The thing is that when a person makes these sacrifices for the sake of the dunya, people will be very supportive. They'll be so supportive, right? That, oh, she's not sleeping enough. She's sleeping on the floor so that she can get up in the night and study for her exams. You know, these are just a few years. It'll pass. When she graduates, everything will be good. It's okay. Overall, there's so much support from the family, from the community, from the friends, when a person is making these sacrifices for the dunya. But when it comes to the matters of the akhirah, they say, it's okay. Allah is ghafoorul rahim. Don't take it too hard on yourself. إِنَّكَ لَمَجْنُونَ you're losing it. You need to calm down a little bit, relax a little bit. Assalamu The sister was sharing a story about a wedding. And it made me realize, remember when I went to a wedding, a cousin in Pakistan, he has two sisters. And one of them doesn't wear hijab and the other one she had just started to. And what you were saying, the elder sister who doesn't wear hijab, she, you know, they had all gone to the parlor, gotten their hair done, makeup done. The younger sister had just started wearing hijab and Literally, we were all getting ready to leave, like, to the hall. And the elder sister was literally, she started yelling at the younger sister, like, you know, why? Because the younger sister was insisting on wearing the hijab. She's like, why? You know, Allah will forgive you. You know, it's okay. You know, she was yelling at her. And the younger sister started crying. And everyone, our whole family was there, and basically. And I feel blessed because I grew up in a family where wearing hijab was just a matter of course. Like, everyone did it. But for those people that are like struggling against everyone, like they're the only ones in their family doing it, it was so hard just to see her. She started crying because nobody was supporting her. Like me and my mother were there, but we were the only ones that wore hijab, and everyone else was basically just watching. And finally, the elder sisters just gave up and like ran away. And they were those people that struggle. They get more, you know, ajr because inshallah. of the struggle. Inshallah. Yes. And you see, doing things the dunya way seems very easy. But when you want to do everything the halal way, the right way, then the journey is longer, it is harder, more tests. And that is also why people say you're crazy. Go ahead. I remember I, I left school early and my mom was going to a wedding. So we went into um, a salon and she got her hair done. And uh, the lady who did her hair was non-Muslim. So when my mom was done, she put her hijab on and she was ready to leave. And the lady was like, what are you doing? You just got it done. And my mom's like, yeah, but I have to still cover myself. And she's like, okay, what about the men? And my mom's like, it's segregated. She just couldn't understand it. Yeah. And they almost feel like you ruined their work. Right? But, I mean, you got to do what you got to do. So, anytime you feel like somebody thinks you're crazy, you know, sometimes they don't say it but they have that look on their face like, what's wrong with you? As if they are looking down on you and they cannot understand why you're doing what you're doing, why you're saying what you're saying. And they treat you as if you were crazy. They treat you as if you were crazy. They start avoiding you. They're looking at you strange. They change the topic. They don't take any interest in what you have to say. You're like a nobody in that gathering. When people treat you as if you were crazy... Then keep telling yourself, I'm not crazy, alhamdulillah. I'm not crazy. And at that time, tell yourself, I better not become crazy. 
I better not go mad by showing anger. Okay? They can call you mad, but please don't become mad. They can say, إِنَّكَ لَمَجْنُونَ But follow the way of the prophets. You know, Musa a.s. it's amazing how he is humiliated by Fir'aun, but he doesn't lose his cool. Musa a.s. does not lose his cool. Muhammad a.s. he is humiliated, persecuted in public. But he doesn't lose his dignity by coming down to the level of people. We listen to the recitation of these ayat. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alif Lam Ra Tilka ayatul kitab wa qur'anin mubin Rubama yawaddu alladhina kafaru law kanu muslimin ذرهم يأكلوا ويتمتعوا ويلههم الأمل فسوف يعلمون وما أهلكنا من قرية إلا ولها كتاب معلوم ما تسبق من أمة أجلها وما يستأخرون وقالوا يا أيها الذي نزل عليه الذكر إنك لمجنون 